Welcome to the Dynasty Defined Podcast, a show discussing what's going on with the greatest dynasty in sports, the Oklahoma State Cowboys wrestling program. I'm your host, Lee Cawthorn, and whew, big weekend coming up for the Cowboys. Uh, you and I coming to town on Friday night, Iowa State on Saturday night, Casino Night is this weekend, and there's a lot of big tests. Uh, we're going to learn a lot about this team coming up this weekend, and then it's a real sprint to Tulsa with the schedule being incredibly difficult for the Cowboys moving forward with Arizona State, South Dakota State, Oklahoma, and Iowa all coming to Gallagher, and then with the folks going on the road to Missouri. So it is going to be a absolute meat grinder for these guys. And I think that they're up for the challenge. If we've learned anything about this team up to this point, it's that they are tough, that they seem to be pretty fresh and that they are ready for whatever challenge gets thrown their way. Um, So really exciting times as we move into the sprint of the season. Um, For the podcast, uh, you know, I've been kind of short the past few weeks, uh, and I apologize for that. Um, Trying to get more into the swing of researching these things, making sure I know who's wrestled to who's wrestling, so on and so forth as we go through this thing. So um, again, apologies for kind of mailing it in up to this point, but uh, going to lock in here and um, really excited for the rest of the season to play out. Looking back at the Oregon state duel this past weekend, um, there were some, I don't know if I would call them concerns with how the Cowboys wrestled. Um, You know, it's in that point of the season where there's definitely some lull. There's definitely some, you know, trying to figure out who they are. They won eight out of the 10 matches. Uh, The two losses were early, which wasn't awesome considering the, uh, uh, team got put down quick in the match and had to kind of claw back from that. But uh, ultimately, um, those kind of tests and challenges can do well to help the team get better. Right. Um, 125 pounds, Troy Spratley got pinned by Brandon Kaler. Uh, Kaler had him in trouble early in the match, and um, Troy came back, but then kind of set on his match there a little bit, stopped being the aggressor, got put in a position and and pinned by Kaler, which um, definitely – not ideal. Kaler's a really high quality wrestler and this 125 pound weight class remains a totally wide open class. Spratly is going to have more opportunities to beat guys ranked higher than him. And then when you get to the tournament, probably the guy who's able to be the most healthy and maintain their endurance, the best is going to be the guy that um, comes out well in that bracket uh, because it, it seems like everybody's pretty evenly matched. I mean, you know, Spratley's kept it close with everybody. This is the first um, bonus point of feet of the season for him. Um, And uh, again, it was in a position where he, he was just out of position and got pinned there. So not, not great, but um, has a chance to redeem himself this weekend with a couple of good opponents coming in. Um, Dayton picked up his tech fall over uh, 
Gabe Wisenhunt, you know, 22 to six went into the third period. Um, just Dayton's looked really good so far this season. He's been, um, wrestling well, technically sound, learning from his disappointments and been, been good. You know, there's not much that we can, uh, say about Dayton fix that, uh, isn't just, uh, um, he's on a road mission to win this thing, you know, and uh, definitely gonna be looking to do that. Uh, Tegan Jameson did get defeated by Cleveland Belton, not a good loss for, uh, Tegan. Belton's a solid wrestler. And I think that something that didn't get mentioned a lot is how Chris Pendleton really had this team, uh, ready to wrestle, uh, which you'll see in the close matches here. Um, in this duel, Belton had a great game plan for um, Jameson, and it was to just stay away from him. It was uh, uh, don't let him get um, in a tie-up situation. Uh, try to uh, avoid letting him get to his legs. Jameson got that first takedown, but then um, after that, it was just uh, – a, a poorly wrestled chess match. Um, and when we, they got to the end, Belton was able to execute that takedown and pick up the win. Uh, you know, it's just not a great situation there for, for Jameson. You can kind of tell he's still favoring his elbow. Um, so hopefully, um, you know, he starts to get a little bit uh, healthier here and um, wrestles better moving forward. He's got a brutal weekend, so um, he's going to need to be on his A game coming into this one. Uh, Sammy Alvarez got the um, 4-1 to win in sudden victory over Nash Singleton. They said that this isn't – Coach Smith and his availability said that this isn't uh, absolutely Alvarez's spot yet. Uh, Williams, they made the decision right before they sent him out that it was going to be um, Alvarez instead of Williams. So – we're still going to have to see who comes out on top there. Um, at 149, turns out that's the question mark weight this season. So uh, good options. I think between Alvarez and Williams, either way, it's going to be a guy that's going to put us in a good position. I think they're, they have a good kind of a luxury problem here with those two guys of um, either one has the potential and the talent to go score points um, when you put them on the mat. So either way, um, nice to see Alvarez get that win in sudden victory against Singleton. Um, T. Travis got the 4-2 decision against Isaiah Crosby. Uh, still, you know, looking ahead to this coming weekend, uh, this is where rubber meets the road for Teague. He's not going to have any um, – layups anymore. Not that there's easy matches in college wrestling, but uh, he's going to need to be a bit more aggressive, kind of do the things that, um, and Coach Smith has said this, but do the things that is going to put you in the best position to win, have the confidence that you can go score and make the most of your opportunity. Um, Isaac Olenek got the major decision over Kakana Ferret. Um, Oregon State bumped up Matt Olgan to 174 to take on Braden Thompson. Uh, so Olenek got the backup and took care of business there. Um, speaking of Braden Thompson and Matt Olgan, this is kind of the signature win this, thus far for Braden Thompson over uh, Olgan, who, yes, is wrestling up at 174, but is a top guy at 165 pounds. Um, somebody that is looking at that seventh, eighth spot at that weight. Uh, Thompson was able to keep him off his legs, wrestle really well and get the takedown in sudden victory to, to seal it off and, and get the win. Um, something we've seen is Braden Thompson is really good on bottom, which is not something you see very much in top-ranked guys coming out of high school. Um, so that's really exciting for him. Um, and then there's also 
just when he commits to doing something, he finishes. So having that ability, if he can put all that together, then he's good. He's, he's got a really high ceiling. Um, so it's good to see him getting a little bit more comfortable in the weight. You know, he definitely needs to work on his endurance, but he's looked really good up to this point, getting, getting to the, the place where he's able to beat guys like Matt Ogan um, in sudden victory. That's a really impressive win. Um, the signature matchup in this duel was Dustin Plot taking on number four, Trey Munoz. Um, I guess, it, you know, afterwards they talked about Dustin Plot not having a very good week of practice. He was sick. He was out of the room. He didn't really get to practice very much. Um, they decided to go, which is great. Uh, kind of speaks to that Oklahoma State mindset of wrestle. You, 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 if if you're got an opportunity, you're going to take it. Uh, they sent Dustin out, and he found a way to win uh, against a really high quality guy, a returning All American at this weight class, uh, sixth place finisher. So, Plot really solidifying himself as um, a top guy at this weight. Um, Munoz beat. the number three or so guy, uh, Truax at this weight the week prior, uh, from Penn state. So look, this is really solidifying where plot is in this weight class. He's certainly top three. Um, he split with Lenny Pinto, who's number three, mostly on his own mistake. Uh, and he gets Parker Kekheisen this weekend. So we're, we're really seeing great things from Dustin plot. He's been, Absolutely incredible, and being 80-90% and going out and beating the number four guy in the country, four to two, is highly impressive. So you'd love to see that. Uh, Luke Serber um, still definitely doesn't look 100%. Justin Rademacher took him to sudden victory, uh, where Serber was able to get the takedown and win nine to six, but... Um, Definitely seeing him be a bit more cautious than we're used to. What do we love about Luke Serber, right, is that he sends it. He goes for it. He always is uh, putting himself in a position to do something, um, which we that's why we love him, right? Uh, that's why we like Troy Bradley. That's why um, we like Isaac Olenek, as a matter of fact. Um, Serber you know, getting matches, finding a way to gut out a 9-6 win and sudden victory when you're not feeling 100%. Probably a good thing. Um, another chance this weekend against two guys that are uh, – they're good, but they're not Luke Serber good. For him to go out and uh, do the same thing. You need to pick up wins when you're not 100% against guys like – Justin Rademacher and Julian Broderson and Wyatt Bolker. So um, excited to see him this weekend to just continue to get better, you know, every weekend. Um, and then Connor Doucette got the win over number 11, Boo McDermott in tiebreakers two to one uh, did the trick where he got out from bottom in the first tiebreaker and then took neutral. And then uh, McDermott wasn't able to get a takedown. So um, Connor Doucette, Doing Connor Doucette things. He's top 10 in the country. Uh, he's got a good opportunity here to just continue to, to improve and, and be in a really good spot. So, uh, you know, hey, we're always rooting for Connor Doucette. And uh, if it ain't broke, don't fix it, right? Uh, so excited to see him continue to get better. Um, Moving into previews for this weekend, uh, definitely want to make sure to mention the casino night. It's on Saturday night at the Hall of Fame after the Iowa State duel. Um, let me just load up the details here so that I'm not telling you anything wrong. So again, this is on Saturday night from 8 to 11 
So after the duel, third annual casino night, it's been a great fundraiser for Cowboy Wrestling Club. Um, your entries are $25. A chip is a dollar. So have go in, have a good time. There's good opportunities for uh, y'all to really get to know the athletes, the alumni, uh, the folks in the club, all that fun stuff. So make sure to be there. Um, make sure to uh, um, put your money down and, and see what we can get. I know there's going to be a lot of great prizes as well. There always are a lot of great prizes and a lot of great opportunities to to mingle and, and get to know everybody. So it should be a really great time and a really great opportunity for the fans to do some good interaction there. Um, moving into previews here. Right, so Friday night, the Pokes have uh, Northern Iowa come into town. The Panther train, Doug Schwab and company uh, making their return visit. It's at seven o'clock and it'll be on ESPN plus. Last time the Iowa schools came to town, obviously they swept Oklahoma State. The OSU went 0-2 on that weekend. It was a weird weekend. I had to remind myself, and um, I, I think that other people have kind of forgotten that that lead-up to that weekend was the infamous car accident. Regardless of the circumstances, it's kind of a traumatic event for young men uh, <laughs> where one of their teammates has a um, near-death experience, right? Uh, guy ended up being really lucky um, that nobody was seriously injured. But, uh, yeah, just strange, strange circumstances leading up to it. Uh, you had to... Um, bump up Gavin Sitka from 174 pounds to 197 uh, to take on Yager Bastida. You had to um, you had them pull off some upsets. The Iowa State guys and Northern Iowa guys were able to pull off uh, some some really good upsets in this one and uh, are in that one a couple of years ago and it. You know, I know that they don't want me making excuses for them, but it just was a strange time for cowboy wrestling, and uh, I don't, I don't know if anybody's minds were necessarily 100 percent there. So definitely, just a weird situation, very, very weird situation. That uh, hey, it, it's in the rearview mirror, and this is a whole different team, really. I mean, you still got. Um, well, shoot, you've got three guys in the lineup that were there, and the rest are all new for the most part. Doucette was on the team, but it was redshirting. So, different times. You and I, still really solid team. They're number 13 in the tournament rankings, number 20 in the dual rankings. They have taken a couple dual losses this year uh, to uh, Ohio State and Columbia that definitely uh, – typically they win those types of matchups. But this year they've, they've had some lineup shuffling that they've been doing, um, but their anchors are still – Really, really good at 184 pounds, uh, 141 pounds. Um, they've had a couple freshmen that have really stepped up, 157 and 197 pounds. So uh, definitely not a team to be taken lightly. And this could certainly go the way of the Panther train if the Pokes aren't wrestling their best. Um, looking through these matchups, obviously there's big highlights. The, the big one's 184 pounds. 
with Plot taking on Kekaisen. 141 pounds is really interesting with Jameson taking on Happel. And then 157 pounds again is where um, T. Travis is really going to get an opportunity to wrestle somebody that if he's going to win the Big 12, if he's going to make a podium, he's going to have to beat this kind of guy. Um, and then Connor Doucette has a tough challenge, a guy that he's hasn't been able to beat yet in his career. So uh, we'll get started at 125 pounds. Uh, number 20, Troy Spratley taking on number 30, Trevor Anderson. Anderson's a redshirt freshman as well, eight and six on the year. They hit at the CKLV where uh, Spratley won seven to four. Um, seven to two, my apologies. Uh, but gave up a ton of riding time in the second period. I think Anderson wrote him out. Uh, so Anderson's eight and six on the year. He's looked okay in some places. Um, I think he's pulled a couple of upsets in that time. But against... Top-tier guys, Tanner Jordan, Troy Spratley, Nico Provo, Yori Volk, etc. Um, hasn't necessarily been able to get over the hump. So this is one where Spratley is going to have to win um, and set the tone well in this. Uh, would be nice to see him get back to that more aggressive style that we saw early in the season and flashes of here in early January. Uh, Spratley's so quick. He's so quick and crafty with the way he can get to a leg or even just get behind his opponent that against these type of wrestlers, you really just keep hoping to see him get over the hump. He doesn't have any Spratley doesn't have any bad losses. Intermat's keeping him around that 20 range. Flo has him up at number 11. There's still just a question of challenge here, you know? Um, It gets tough from here on out. You know, he's going to wrestle Ayala from Iowa, who is no longer number one, but was number one previously. Obviously, he beat uh, Camacho from North Carolina State, who was number one at some point this season. Um, he struggled against Yuri Volk, who should probably be number one. He beat the guy who's currently ranked number two, Luke Stanich from Lehigh. So still a lot of enigma around Troy Spratley. I, we can see that he's talented. But he, he's got to wrestle his match, you know. Uh, what he showed against Pittsburgh, what he showed against West Virginia, what he showed against Jacob Camacho uh, from North Carolina State, and then, of course, what he showed in at Lindenwood against Bucknell. And in that first round of the Cliff Keene, that's really the choice probably you want to see more of. So uh, really hoping to, to get him back to form here. Um, against Anderson. If he can score a major, that'd be massive for this duel. Dayton Fix taking on number 23, Julian Farber, a junior, uh, who's 11-5 and five on the season. Um, Farber is uh, having an okay season. Obviously, um, 11 and 5 is a pretty solid record. In the coaches' ranking, looking at getting an allocation this year, uh, it's been sitting behind um, the guy that was there who was a bit of a matchup challenge for Dayton. Uh, Dayton, I think, got bonus points against him once, but the other two times was close matches. Um, so I know they're going to have a good game plan for Dayton here. Uh, he's on a Four-match win streak against decent wrestlers. Uh, lost to Kai Arini. Um, lost to Angelo Arini from Columbia. Um, has given up some bonus points this year. So 
to, to guys like Dominic Zaccone from Campbell and Evan Frost from Iowa State. So you're definitely looking at Dayton, the way he's been wrestling, picking up another tech fall here. Uh, that's the goal, uh, some kind of tech fall or fall. Um, getting it over quickly so that you can uh, uh, get to a premier matchup here where Tegan Jameson's taking on Kale Happel. Kale Happel has been in that fringe. Will he, won't he? He and Carter Young have their careers intricately (laughs) intertwined here at this point. I think that uh, uh, Carter has beaten Happel three times now. I think he's 3-0 against Happel. Um, The... Junior is 13 and 4 on the year so far. He finished round of 16 last year. And he's got some really good wins here. He beat Brock Hardy in the duel with Nebraska a couple weeks ago. He's picked up major decisions over Hayden Drury, who's not having a great year for Utah Valley, but a really solid wrestler. Um,. Has some losses that are very similar to Jameson. Lost to Lachlan McNeil from North Carolina. Lost to Ryan Jack from North Carolina State. Um, Dropped one to Kai Owen from Columbia. Got pinned, which is an interesting result. And then, of course, lost to Jesse Mendez from Ohio State. So they're not bad losses. Just like Jameson. The losses, three of the losses aren't bad. One of them, real head scratcher. That said, Happel's a bit more of a scrambler, somebody who wants to get into uh, funky positions with his opponent, whereas Jameson's more of a bruiser, uh, looking for collar ties, looking for uh, opportunities to use his strength to create mismatches. Um, First person to score here isn't going to win this one. <laughs> I think that uh, Jameson's going to have to score early like he did against Belton of Oregon State, but then keep coming. And I think that coming off of a disappointing loss like that and then hearing about it uh, <laughs> from Coach Smith, is Jameson seems like the type that is going to respond in a way that is um, motivated to go out and pick up a massive win for him in his career so far at Oklahoma State against number six, Kale Happel. Uh, 149 pounds. Um, both of these guys are ranked about number 17, Jordan Williams or Sammy Alvarez. They've just kind of flipped them in the rankings. Um, the rankers have always been very high on Sammy Alvarez, which uh, it – I need to apologize. I've sounded down on the guy. I don't mean to be. Um, is we get one semester of Sammy Alvarez, and hopefully we get, you know, this season and three more from Jordan Williams. So I, I'm. Either way, I need to be happy with the guy that's going out there and representing Oklahoma State. They're both leaving it all on the mat and um, making a lot of sacrifice to be in Stillwater. So. I I appreciate what Alvarez has done so far and I appreciate him doing the work to get into the lineup and moving up to 149 pounds. And I mean, heck that's uh, um, doing a lot for the team, you know, uh, and I can tell that his teammates like him and um, he's kind of a quiet guy and uh, somebody that has definitely been um, putting in his chips, right? So if he's the guy, great, great. That's, that's awesome. Um, excited to see him wrestle out the season because um, – and, and if he is the guy, then he's the one that is they feel is going to put the most points on the board at the end of the day. So um, that's awesome. And that's what has to be done. This is college wrestling. It's not a charity, right? So um, – 
you've got to put the guy that's going to give you the best chance to place high at nationals. That's just the business. Um, either way, they're taking on Adam Allard here, an unranked junior who's four and six on the season. Regardless of who goes, it, it needs to be a win for the Cowboys. Um, so we'll, we'll see what happens there. Um, before we move into 157, uh, this is another key matchup for the Pokes. Uh, number 18 team, Travis, taking on number 14, Ryder Downey. Ryder Downey is a retro freshman from um, Iowa there that uh, has looked really, really good this season. He's kind of have well, he has a similar season to uh, T. Travis where he has one really big win excuse me, two really big wins here over Peyton Robb and um, Trevor Chumbly from Northwestern. And Peyton Robb, of course, uh, I think he's a returning semifinalist here. Um, Sixth place finisher. Fourth place in 2022, sixth place in 2023. He's been number one most of this year before hitting a rough stretch for him lately but uh anyway two big wins over experienced guys in Peyton Robin and Trevor Chumbly for um Ryder Downey um has a loss to Ed Scott has a loss to Patty Gallagher uh, two losses to Ed Scott actually and a loss to Ja'Cory Teamer so uh experienced guys that are that have been around and been all Americans he's lost to but he also has a couple of key wins. Whereas Travis um, has that one key win over Ed Scott and then has, hasn't really been challenged otherwise. He lost to Jordan Williams at 149 pounds. Um, the thing I like a lot about Teague Travis is his gas tank, which is going to come into play here against Iowa State. But against Ryder Downey, um, I think that it's a confidence question. If he wrestles the way that he wrestled against Ed Scott, the way that he wrestled in Pittsburgh, the way that he's just kept relentless pressure on his opponent, I think he can overwhelm Downey. Downey in his wins, has been mm, he's been crafting his takedowns. He's made a lot of effort to just be very solid and all different positions here, which is impressive for a young wrestler. So I don't know how to pick this one. I want T to get the upset. I I'm really hoping for that. I, I think that he definitely has a chance against Iowa state. Um, I'm not sure about Downing. I'm, I'm a little bit concerned about that one. So we're, we're just going to have to see how that one goes. Who, who picks up the, uh, the big win here at 157 pounds. Um, Isaac Olenek is going to be taking on Evan Yant, a junior who's four and five on the year. Hasn't wrestled in a while. I think he's been battling some kind of uh, injury. So it could be Izzy Moreno, a freshman who is seven and four on the year. Um, Moreno uh, has two dates left to give. Uh, so I, I can see them sending him out against Olenek to to get a feel on the number, you know, four guy in the country. Um, if Yant's not back in the lineup, Yant has really been struggling this year. Um, regardless, Olenek should be able to score some bonus points in this one. So hopefully we see him pick up a, uh, a major decision, uh, against either the freshman or the junior, uh, number 25, uh, Braden Thompson taking on Jared Simmon, who's number 30 in the country. Um, he's also, uh, he's a sophomore, 
nine and five on the season. Looking through his uh, record, hasn't faced off against any top guys really. Um, he did pin Alex Faison from NC State. Uh, lost to Bubba Wilson from Nebraska. Just not. Yeah, I, I you know he's results don't really say much for him. So um, definitely expecting Braden to be able to pick up a win here. He needs to win this one. Uh, it's a it's a big um, opportunity for him to get another win. It's another opportunity for him to get another ranked win. And he needs to start stacking those up. So we'll see how that uh, goes for Braden Thompson. 184 pounds is really the premier matchup of this duel. Number one, Parker Kekheisen from Northern Iowa coming into town. He's a junior. He's 13-0 on the year. He's beaten pretty much everybody else in the top. Uh, the guy's resume coming into this thing is is super impressive. Uh, he's since 2021, his freshman year, he finished he's finished third, third, and second in NCAA's. Uh, he's lost six times to five guys. And those five guys have been Aaron Brooks twice, um, Trent Hydeley, Bernie Truax, and uh, actually it's Aaron Brooks. Uh, uh, in, in Aaron Brooks three times, and then Ava Saad has been the other guy. So, um, Guy's been just a hammer in his career. Um, doesn't have a ton of matches where he hasn't performed at his best. And this season, he's got a 87.5% uh, bonus rate. He's on a three-match tech fall streak here. Um His closest matches so far this year have been against the top 10 guys, Dylan Fishback, who Dustin Plott also defeated, uh, Lenny Pinto in the Cliff Keen uh, tournament there, 8-4. Uh, to four. And that's been his only decisions. So we know Dustin is better than Fishback. And Pinto. Um, what do we see here? Massive opportunity for Dustin Plot to take down the number one guy. He's going to have to get his offense going, which he hasn't really struggled to do in 184 pounds to this point. I mean, against Fishback, against Pinto, he's executed. He's taken. He's gotten a lot of takedowns against. Um, Munoz as well. So Dustin's looked great. It's 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 a great test for him and a great opportunity for him to take this guy out and show, hey, I'm the guy at 184. Kek also beaten Bernie Truax so far this year. So, I mean, he's he's been tested. Plot's been tested. These two guys are clearly one and two at the weight. This this is a finals matchup. So if if you don't get it here, you got another. You're going to get another chance at Big Twelves. You're going to get another chance at NCAA's. This is going to be a big matchup, and it's got a lot of potential to be a high scoring, like twelve to ten type of deal. So, strap up for this one. It's appointment television Friday night. Um, if Schwab wants to toss and end on this one, then it's going to be a it's going to be fireworks. It just is. I'm really excited to see it. Um, Luke Serber taking on number twenty three Wyatt Volker. Uh, Volker is. Um, a redshirt freshman who is eight and four on the season. 
Cerber did beat him in the duel last year. I think it was one to nothing or something weird like that um, where they hit, yeah, two to one. Um, Volker had an interesting game plan against Cerber last year where he really stayed on the edge. Um, I think that if Cerber's back to feeling better here, then he's going to win this one. Um, especially lately, Volker's been on a bit of a struggle, uh, losing to Evan Bachman from Utah Valley, Silas Allred from Nebraska, uh, Jackson Smith from Maryland. Um, he set a few matches out here for Northern Iowa. He didn't wrestle in the Ohio State duel, uh, didn't wrestle in the NC State duel. So his results since December have not been good. He's got one win over Joey Novak, and that was a five to three decision. Novak's a really solid wrestler, but it, you know it's, it's it's definitely one of those things where um, expected a bit more from Volker at this point in the season. Uh, Serber, um, like last week, should be able to pick up a win here if it's nine to six. Hopefully, it doesn't take to sudden victory, but uh, just find a way in this one and then pick up the win. And then Connor Doucette taking on Tyrell Gordon. Connor's 0-2 against Tyrell Gordon thus far in his career, including at NCAAs last year. Um, Gordon's kind of had his number. He's a long wrestler. Um, don't really know what to make of that, right? Doucette seems to have a lot more confidence this year. He's wrestling a lot better. His defense has gotten a lot better. Um, so really expecting him to to pick up a win here and reverse prior matches here against Gordon. Um, but I'm, I'm curious to see how that plays out. I, I really hope that Connor can, can pick up that win. Gordon's number 15 in the country. I think he's a senior this year. So um, that'll be fun to watch. All told, I think the pokes win this one pretty handily. Um, Twenty-seven points to two toss-ups here at one fifty-seven and one eighty-four. If OSU can get one or both of those, I, like that's it's amazing, right? I mean, they they might drop a couple, you know, one twenty-five, uh, one forty-one um, is obviously a toss-up matchup too. Uh, yeah, you know, there there's. Things have got to go perfect for the Pokes to, to pick up that kind of win, but um, definitely should be a 6-3 to three duel, worst case. Um, so execute, perform well, pick up the big win against a tough UNI team coming in um, before turning around Saturday night or Saturday afternoon and taking on, oh man, Saturday night, uh, 6 o'clock um, in Gallagher, taking on Iowa State here. Uh, who's number five in the dual rankings coming in. And this is going to be another uh, – this is this is going to be a barn burner. This has five-to-five five potential. Um, who's going to score the bonus points is the question. And, you know, it's, it's got a lot of fireworks, a lot of fun matchups here for sure. Uh, 125 pounds, Troy Spratley taking on Kaisen Tarakina. Tarakina is ranked number 25. He's a junior, 8-4 and four on the year. Um, had a really hot start, picked up a couple of big wins early, but has fallen off lately. Uh, Iowa State fans don't have a lot of confidence in, in Kyson. Uh, on pin 12, uh, my co-host there, Sam, uh, gave this one readily to the Pokes, and then I went on the Stalemates podcast as well, and he was said the same thing. Kyson's not going to be good enough to beat Spratly. Um I don't know if that's necessarily true. Tarakina did take out Master Giovanni the last time they came to town. Um, he's definitely talented enough to um, pull off a win here. Is Spratly, however, if he can get the win over at Anderson, he's going to be looking at uh, um, really performing at a high level here. Needs to get another win um, to seal off a good win can get back into that top 16, 15 range in the rankings. Um, 
Dayton Fix taking on Evan Frost. Evan Frost, number seven in the country right now. He's a redshirt freshman who's 11-2 and two on the year. Uh, has had a really solid season thus far. Um, having some good opportunities here to wrestle some of the top guys. Um, you know, they set out veto against him. Uh, his losses are to Kyrene. Uh, he got majored by Arini, uh, twelve to four, and then he lost to N- Nasir Bailey. He got teched by Nasir Bailey of Little Rock, who's a freshman phenom there for Little Rock. Um, so sometimes against younger guys, I have a little bit of concern against Dayton, but Frost isn't a matchup problem that we've seen Dayton run into in the past against longer. Uh, faster guys. Uh, Frost is more of a one-to-one with Dayton, uh, whereas we're in size and strength and so on and so forth. But as we know about Dayton Fix, there's really nobody on his level technically, um, foundationally, um, that can hang with him. So uh, really need Fix to be the person who scores bonus points here. You majored the guy who majored this guy. Um, so, you know, keep that level up and, uh, keep the streak up too. I mean, Dayton has, um, been on a bit of a heater here, uh, coming into this match. He's, um, got two tech falls in a row. Uh, heck, I guess four bonus point victories in a row, starting with that 11 to three major over, Arini, 10 to nothing over Santanello, uh, Tech Fall over Rhodes, and Tech Fall over Wizenhunt. Arini is the even matchup here, so um, definitely uh, go out and get some bonus points. That could put you at the 16 to 15 uh, marker here in this duel, right? Uh, Tegan Jameson, another really, really tough matchup for him this weekend, taking on number eight, Anthony Echemendia who's 13-3 on the season. I don't understand Echemendia's eligibility. Uh, he's a Cuban defect, or defector, <laughs> I guess, um, who started at Iowa State in like a gray shirt situation and then went to Ohio State where he was on the roster for two years. Then last year he didn't have a team. But once your clock starts, so I, he must be a junior WrestleStat has him as a sophomore. I don't know. It doesn't really matter. Edgerman Dia and Jameson, really close one-to-one matchup here. Both rely on their strength a lot. Edgerman Dia, a really big 141-pounder. Um, uh, both guys really strong. Both guys uh, looking to uh, work those outside single legs, um, looking to work snaps, looking to work uh, leverage, uh, strength to strength here. So, I think that whichever guy gets the first takedown is going to be the winner here. First takedown could wait until sudden victory type of deal. So um, if Jameson can get on top of Echemendia, he's got a good chance to ride him out. Um, Just needs to stay patient, pick your spots, and execute well against this guy who's great on his feet. Uh, So... Um, would be massive if Tegan Jameson can go 2-0 and on this weekend. That'll get him back into the top six or so of the rankings uh, moving through the rest of the schedule. Um, 149 pounds, another really tough matchup here for either Williams or Alvarez. And I guess not another, but um, they're taking on number 10, Casey Sudersky, who's a sophomore, 8-2. and um, He's looked a lot he, – he's been injured – He's been out of the lineup, but um, Dresser said that he was going to be available for this weekend. Um, he's going to have a tough matchup against William McDougald on Friday night at Oklahoma. Um, hopefully Willie does OSU a solid here and wears him down a little bit, but Swiderski has looked a lot better at 149 pounds than he did at 141. His gas tank's a bit better. He's uh, really quick. He's got a great single leg attack. Um, I don't know. 
I don't know who to, uh, to, to think of here at 141, whether it's Williams or Alvarez, who has the better opportunity against Swiderski. You probably side with experience with Alvarez, although against Waters and the tougher guys he's wrestled, he has kind of struggled to stay in these types of matches. Williams, I worry that if he gets taken down early, he's going to shell up again, you know? Um, The thing about Williams forever has been his ability to keep matches close and then win it at the last second. If he does that, then I love his chances. Um, Just get him into the third period. But he's kind of had some endurance issues at 149 pounds as well. So I have no idea what to think of this one. Probably get, probably best to give it to Sudersky if I was placing money on this kind of thing. Um, but yeah, it's going to be a, that's, that's going to be an interesting matchup. We'll learn a lot about both our either guy, Williams or Alvarez in that one. This is a, another massive matchup here for Teague Travis. Again, huge weekend for him, kind of a proving ground weekend. He's taking on number 13, Cody Chittum, a freshman who's 10 and three on the year. Um, kind of a similar thing, really, to the to, to the other freshman, Ryder Downey, and Teague Travis, who's a sophomore, but still, he's 10-3. Who has he beat? Who has he not beat? It's, it's a question of um, scheduling here. I mean, 157 is such a weird weight that's kind of open, Chittum's signature victory has been over Ja'Cory Teamer in the Arizona State duel a couple weeks ago. Um, otherwise, I mean, he, he'd lost to Bryce Andonian. He lost to Daniel Cardenas. He lost to Jared Frenick. Not bad losses by any stretch. But not exactly inspiring a ton of evidence that he's going to be able to dominate a guy like T. Travis. And then in the matches I've watched against Jared Frannick, against Daniel Cardenas, uh, against Ja'Cory Teamer, uh, the question for Chittum has been his gas tank. Travis has has the endurance, has the ability, and has the, the tenacity to really keep this guy on his heels for three periods. And if he does that, then he's going to win. Um, I think this is... I, I, I'm more confident about Travis getting the win against Iowa State than I am against Northern Iowa. So if he wins this one, looking at the Big 12 at 157 pounds, he'll be the favorite if he comes out of this weekend 2-0, oh, which is wild. Um, I guess kind of speaks to the weight class being open. Yeah, it kind of speaks to nobody really separating themselves in this one so far this year. So um, huge opportunity for T. Travis. Again, I think he pulls off the upset here at 157. Uh, I probably shouldn't say that because it kind of, feels like I'm cursed at times when I when I put something like that out there. Um, hell, you know, again, I'm, I'm keenly aware of the uh, program's finishes the last two years since the podcast started. So um, I don't know. It's probably, probably shouldn't talk about that kind of thing too much. Um, I guess he wouldn't be the favorite. Brock Baller is probably still the favorite. And then Benny Serban from North Colorado is up there. But still, this is – just huge opportunity for him to go uh, get a big win and uh, position himself into that top 12 or so of the rankings. 165 is the marquee matchup in this duel, uh, kind of like 184 is for the UNI duel. Uh, Isaac Olenek taking on number three, David Carr, national champion, two-time runner-up, Four-time Big 12 champion. Uh, David Carr is the class of 165 pounds. Him and Keegan O'Toole from Missouri. So Olenek, this is why he transferred to Oklahoma State. Uh, 
was to take on David Carr and Keegan O'Toole and Peyton Hall. He dropped one to Peyton Hall. Now, this matchup has massive implications for Big 12 seeding, for NCAA seeding. If Isaac Olenek picks up this win, which he's a tough matchup for David Carr uh, with his length and speed, Carr's uh, ability to create space is really what makes him dangerous. Um, and I think Olenek can close that up with his length. But if Olenek pulls this one off, he's inside track at two seed at Big 12s. I guess he has to wrestle Keegan O'Toole as well. So I guess if he loses to O'Toole and Hall but beats Carr, then he'd be looking at the three seed against probably the two seed Hall. One seed O'Toole. It, it's it's going to be – 165 is a madhouse uh, in the Big 12. And then nationally, as the top four seeds go for the – Big 12, that's probably how they go for NCAAs. You've got Michael Caliendo and I have now Mitch Messenbrink there at Penn State. Uh, and Julian Ramirez at Cornell in the mix there for the same thing, you know, three through seven. Uh, O'Toole and Ramirez are going to hit this weekend. Uh, Missouri and Cornell have a duel. So it's going to be a really interesting one here. I, I, would I I hope Olenek can pick up the win? Uh, would be massive for him. It would really speak to the development that's taken place for him since he came to Oklahoma State. So really excited to see that one. David Carr is David Carr. Um, definitely curious to see how that continues to play out. Um, for him, I mean, he's in the national title conversation he's in the olympic conversation he's that guy you know he's their dayton fix he's really been the catalyst that's helped them rebuild them their program there at iowa state so um this will be his last time coming to gallagher uh, and hopefully it's a bad time for him um brayden thompson taking on mj gaitan uh gaitan's a redshirt freshman who's 11 and 5 on the year we've seen him a bit before he is a high pace wrestler um somebody that's uh um performed really well um has similar losses to thompson um lorenzo norman beat him at cklv uh, luca augustine from pittsburgh beat him um patrick kennedy from iowa beat him so i I'm curious to see how Thompson does in this matchup. Um, I like him here. You know, I think Gaetan's going to be going for big moves, and you can't pull off big moves against Thompson. He's too strong and too technically sound uh, defensively for uh, that kind of thing to happen. So um, fully expecting Thompson to pick up the win there. At 2-0 on the weekend for him will be huge um, confidence building. Going into his test, uh, over the next few weeks. Number two, Dustin Plott taking on number 10, Will Feldkamp, a redshirt senior. Uh, who's 9-4 on the year. Feldkamp was an All-American at 184 last season, transferred in to Iowa State from Clarion. Um, Iowa State uh, definitely found some funding for him, which is an interesting story that I can share over a beer, maybe. But... Um, there's it, it, Dustin Plot coming off of the Parker Kick Eisen match. Uh, definitely expecting him to to pick up this win. Um, not an easy one-two here <laughs> for sure, but that's what you got to get prepared for uh, coming into tournament season. So um, definitely expecting uh, Plot to to win, and if he can stretch out and beat bonus point, get, get bonus points against the number ten guy in the country, that's that's huge as well. Uh, Luke Serber taking on Julian Broderson, number 30 in the country. He's a junior who's 6-4 and four on the year. One of those losses is to Luke Serber, but it's the match that Luke Serber got hurt in at CKLV. Um, definitely uh, think that uh, Serber is going to pick up a win here. If he wrestles again, he should go 2-0 this weekend, and that should be good to help get him some confidence back. 
Um, so excited to, to see that play out. And then number nine, Connor Doucette taking on number three, younger Bastida. Bastida is a um, junior or senior. He's another Cuban uh, defector that has ended up at Ames, Iowa. Um, bumped up from 197 pounds last year. He's a junior, so he finished in the round of 16 at the NCAA tournament last year, fifth in 2022. He's 15-0 on the season. He's been solid. I mean, just uh, um, passed every single test he's had. Um, got a tech fall over Grady Geis uh, from Navy. Got a major over Nick Feldman from Ohio State. Beat Lucas Davison from Michigan. Uh, beat Dayton Pitzer from Pittsburgh. Um, beat Colton Schultz. That was the big question mark. Colton Schultz, a full-size heavyweight um, who's got Olympic aspirations. And Greco, uh, people were worried if he got on top of Younger, then it would be uh, game over. But that wasn't the case. Younger won 4-3. to three. He was able to get out. So, um, yeah, I mean, he's, he's passed every single test he's run into this year. Um, I do think a lot of people want to write this one off. Um, but I think Doucette is a really bad matchup for Younger. And here's why. Doucette's got a sneaky amount of speed that he puts on the mat. Um, his go-behinds against guys that are overly aggressive are really impressive. Uh, he's... Um, Uh, yeah, he's just been uh, – against guys that are overly aggressive, he is able to make them pay for that. He's got great defense. He's got great defensive instincts. Um, and I think that this is going to be a real chess match between Bestita and Doucette that I definitely see going to overtime as usual. I I think that Younger is legitimately a top four heavyweight in the country. If Doucette can pull this one off, then that's it's massive for Connor. I would struggle to pick that um, just because if it goes to tiebreakers. And I think Doucette can get out from underneath Bastida, but I also think Bastida can get out from underneath Doucette. So um, they're similar size. They both are fast. They both are strong. I, I just I think this is a bad matchup for Bastida, and I think this is going to be his toughest match to date, aside from Schultz. So, who Doucette's going to have to wrestle as well. So I'm I'm excited to see this one. I'm excited to learn a lot about Connor Doucette in this one as well. Really, this weekend again, we learn a lot about this team. We learn a lot about this uh, changes that have been taking place in the program. Something I've observed input out there is that the team obviously they obviously feel better about themselves and who they are and they seem to have an identity and leadership and excitement and that's just great to see because there have been moments over the past five years where they've looked kind of miserable you know it never really seemed like there was a real clear leader in the room. And that seems to be a totally different thing now. It seems like the older guys have really stepped into that role, plot, server, do set. Uh, Dayton has continued to be his lead-by-example self. He's in the corner coaching with the coaches <laughs> a lot. Um, I think I put it out there. There's a picture of him standing right behind Coleman and uh, Coach Smith. Um, and he was like talking to Coleman. And uh, they were obviously watching the action on the mat. So, I mean, I think that's going to be a very familiar picture with uh, Dayton Fix moving into the future, and, which is really exciting. Um, but I think some of the young guys have brought a lot of excitement. I think Spratley and Carroll and Thompson 
and Kale Humes. I think they've brought a lot of um, attitude and excitement to the program that was missing. So I'm glad to see that kind of come back and um, see these guys get to a, a good place here. So this is an exciting weekend. Uh, again, hope to see you in GIA. Make sure to go to Casino Night on Saturday night. Cheer loud for the pokes. Make it uncomfortable for Schwab and Dresser and company. Right? Um, they're going to do their normal Schwab Schwab. So he's going to be all over the mat and doing his thing. I don't talk about that too much because, I mean, look, our, our coaches definitely get their, <laughs> their time in the in the rest of the year. So, um, but yeah, it's, it's going to be a fun weekend. Uh, go pokes as always. And thanks for listening.